Hey, everyone. Welcome to Meat Sports Alcohol for Tuesday, July 27th. Uh, I'm your co-host, Dylan. I'm JMO. We have a super awesome show for you in store today. First, we sit down with our good buddy and resident Tour de France expert, Rory Pluman. Uh, he gives us more knowledge about the Tour de France than I've ever known in my entire life. He gives us the full Tour de France 101. He also gives us a full update on what it's like living in a van and how disappointed he was as an Englishman to not see it come home. So uh, great interview, super fun. You'll definitely want us to tune in for that. And then we switch gears a little bit from talking about La Torre to uh, talking some Cleveland Guardians name change. Uh, and Dylan and I take it upon ourselves to fix some other offensive team names in American sports. We got the Chicago Blackhawks, Florida State Seminoles need new names pretty soon, it sounds like. So we have some pretty solid suggestions there. So stick around for the interview. Stick around for that. And take it away, chat. We now welcome on our Tour de France correspondent uh, and van life expert slash somewhat homeless friend Rory to the show. Rory, how's it going? Going well, doing well. Uh, excited to talk some Tour de France with you. You ha- have just a hilarious image going right now. For the people <laughs> listening, Rory has the most ridiculous mustache you've ever seen. Like tw- 20-inch locks coming down <laughs> over a Hawaiian shirt with the background of his van. That's what Dylan and I have on the Zoom call here. Uh, yeah. first, first question for you. Do you, you actually watch the Tour de France? Like you sit down and watch it? I watch, yeah, I sit down and watch it. It's my favorite sporting event of the year. Um, watch all 21 stages. Um, I catch the highlights, catch, you know, the opening. I, I, it's like a whole season for me. It's like a month of like prep work to understand who's going to be the contenders and everything. And then I watch like YouTube videos. I get way too into it, but no, I love the tour. It's genuinely my, you know, like world series, world cup all rolled into one awesome, like yearly event. Wow. Uh, what is what what is a tour de france highlight what does that even entail so whenever i watch a really good question yeah someone biking really fast yeah Yeah. i mean so it's just like it's like a mixtape from the stage with some like dramatic music and then they have so they do like a race sort of course like through with like you know like some like drone footage and then they have you know like who won the race the different attacks and everything because like the tour is like 4d chess played over three weeks um and it's uh it's insane and then they have sometimes they have crashes but like it it's just that's always a bummer like i don't know if you guys saw the sign lady this year oh we have like, sign we saw the sign lady yeah, we saw the sign lady um but sometimes they have the crashes but it's mostly just about like the tactics and then whether it's like a sprint finish or a mountain finish okay all right well what are the tactics that's something that doesn't i don't know what that means <laughs> what is an example of a cycling tactic? You got to cycle as fast as you can. That's <laughs> yeah. the number one yeah, tactic. Other than possible. bike fast. You know, yeah. And, yeah. And not get caught doping. 
That's yes. a, that's, that's yeah, a big, that's uh, a big one. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a big tactic. Um, but yeah, so, um, there's 21 teams in the tour. Um, each team starts with nine riders. Um, they usually have one guy who's their shot to win it all. The general classification rider. Um, he's their star player. And then they have, um, four or five domestiques, which are guys that, um, essentially are just lead out men. So like they just drive up the, they drive up the hills and then the right, the race leaders, the GC guys sit in their slipstreams. And then they usually have one mountain specialist and then one sprint specialist. So. Wow. All right. I can't <laughs> say I took in all that information, but that's good information to know. Um, where are How, we? Yeah, yeah, the Tour yeah. de France. Is it over? It's over. It's because over. I know you were, you were cheering for one of the legs and I assume that was like the whole thing. Have all the legs happened? All the all the legs have happened. Um, yeah, okay. we were we were cheering in a bar um, for Mark Cavendish, who's uh, who's a British sprinter who just tied the world like the all time record for stage wins. Um, and like, it's a crazy comeback story because uh, he uh, he's like thirty six, which in cycling is ancient. Um, and um, he managed to come back after one of the worst crashes I've ever seen. Um, if you want to Google something crazy, Peter Sagan, Mark Cavendish crash of like 2016 or 2017, Peter Sagan just like, is this Slovakian rider who just absolutely tanked Mark Cavendish into the, into the side of the, uh, uh, like into the side of the barriers during a sprint finish. And he like broke his collarbone, thought he'd never race again. Huge. And hasn't won anything since 2016 came back and won four stage wins. And it was just like an absolute mad, mad time. But um, yeah, he's right. uh, so. But it's all over. This guy today, Pogacar won. He's a Slovenian kid. Is he like? like is he like seventeen? Yeah. Slovenian so he was twenty kid? when he won last year, and okay. he, I think he had celebrated his twenty-first birthday on the tour. But yeah. he's 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 young, so he's going to be here for like ten years, and he's the future of cycling. He was like at one point, I think after day two, he was like a negative one thousand one hundred favorite or something to like win. It was like he was just like a lock. So how was Mark Cavendish, how did he win the stage wins record when he didn't win, win? Good question. <laughs> nice. So yeah, there's, so there's like, there's four races within one and they have four different jerseys. So when you look at the Peloton, it's all fucking complicated, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, basically there's like a, a sprint, a sprint race and act like a overall time race and then a king of the mountains. So whoever can run up the mountains fastest, whoever can sprint the fastest, and then whoever can do the whole 2,200 mile race, the fastest. Right. And that's the Slovenian kid won the whole thing. But I assume you win a lot of the other things leading up to winning the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait here. We, you you guys want to watch this crash? Yeah. 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 It's pretty, it's pretty gruesome. Okay. Oh, oh, they're, yeah, they're going like 30 or uh, 35, 40 miles an hour. Was Cavendish the one that ran into the side and is just, yeah, oh, yeah. he's got like, oh, fully, fully oh wow, that dude. oh my god, he got bodied. Wow, yeah, so that was that here. Vontaze yeah. perfect. Oh, oh he, he got ran over. over. He got oh. ran over. He got ran over. Oh, he got ran over by a bike. So, Oh, it was like the, the suggested video. From, from should the, you wear a bike helmet? helmet? Yes, you yeah, should wear a bike. Okay, helmet. so that Pete, so what Peter Sagan? Yeah, that dude is a piece of shit. Oh, oh, damn. And then he gets straight oh, up run over. Oh, damn. 
gruesome. Wow, that was gruesome. But the the sign lady was like the big, the yeah. big. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sign so lady. yeah, the sign lady. For those that don't know who haven't seen the video, essentially this woman holds. She's just cheering. She's a spectator at the Tour de France. She's holding a sign. She sticks the sign out, just like rooting for the cyclists. And then they, she causes just a massive fucking crash. Rory, what happened? And like, are those people okay? Because it looks like 40, it looks like 40 bikers just piled up on the road. Yeah. So this was, this was stage one or two. Um, the whole Peloton is bunched up, all 180 riders. Um, she sticks the sign out. She's just like looking at the camera, like, I'm so sick. I'm at the tour. Um, hits the, the, this rider, um, hits, hits her sign. And then it's just, it's like, imagine NASCAR if all 40 cars crashed. I mean, there was like 10 people who didn't crash and they were, they were going 35 miles an hour. They were bunched up on like a tiny little French road um, and it's absolute carnage. And so all of the race favorites got caught up in this crash. Um, and so basically Primoz Roglic and Garen Thomas, who were supposed to be the two favorites. It was supposed to be one of the best tours in recent memory because there was so many hot riders coming into it. They all crashed and just suffered really, really intense injuries. So today Pogacar just ran away with it because he practiced, he, he basically didn't fall. And so, um, and then Garen Thomas had to retire. He like separated his shoulder, I think. And then Primoz Roglic had a crazy, crazy injury to his leg. And that also impacted a lot of the teams because a lot of the lead out guys um, were also injured. So um, really essential parts of the team. Cause I mean, they're, they're doing 2,200 miles over three weeks. Some they're climbing the Alps, they're climbing the Pyrenees, you know, it's one of the most incredible athletic achievements. Um, and to do it with only five of your nine, cause three of them are hurt and one of them's in the hospital is impossible. And so um, that's why today Pagacha really took it in addition to being the most dominant cyclist right now. But the sign lady messed up everything. She's she really fucked it up. It wasn't just like a one-off thing. She kind of ruined the whole event. Yeah, are you telling me there's an asterisk? No, she, she actually genuinely ruined the tour. Yeah, it sounds like there's what? an asterisk. Sounds like there's an asterisk. Yeah, like this win is kind of... Yeah, yeah. a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Wow. Well, that's all I need to know. Damn, so uh, that's, like if someone, <laughs> that's like if someone like broke all of like 80% of the golfers drivers at the masters and they weren't allowed to fix it. I'm trying to put it in terms of yeah. how devastated I would be. I, I wow. was arguing with my dad about this and he was like, well, like what should happen to this lady? And he was like, well, it's kind of part of the sport. You know, you're racing, like things could go wrong. And I'm like, not really. Cause it's like at a baseball game. If someone jumped out of the stands and beat up your kneecap with like a baseball bat, like it's not yeah. supposed to happen. This woman, like, went out of her way and fucked it all up. It's like Steve Bartman on steroids. Yeah. But instead yeah. of like catching one fly ball one time, it was like <laughs> you like shot a pitcher. I don't know. Like that's crazy. <laughs> no, 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 really. Uh, what's, do yeah. you know what's happening to her? This woman? Um, so she fled. Um, the, the sign was in German. Um, and so everyone, there was like a whole conspiracy Sherlock Holmes. People were trying to like triangulate her location in her face and like, it was uh, basically she fled, went to ground, and then got turned in. I think that she's awaiting trial. I don't know what they'd try her with, like, you know, criminal negligence. I don't know. But, um, yeah, reckless endangerment. But she could face some pretty serious charges. I know that the race organizer was like, we're going to throw the book at her. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a whole big thing. But it is, you know, like somebody went and kneecapped every single running back in the NFL, and then suddenly there's no run game anymore. 
know? yeah yeah i but, mean like part of me is like if she caused like legit injuries to people like outside of it just being a sport if you just did this to something if you just walked down the street and started fucking pummeling people biking down the street with a sign like that'd be like a criminal offense right so i don't know i, I, I don't know what I'm okay about. so i have some bad news uh this is the most recent update is the Tour de France withdrew the lawsuit it filed against a fan who caused a massive crash during the open stages of the race, um, uh, according to Reuters. So, um, wow. All well, right. Yeah. Well. But she still, though the 30-year-old woman who was not identified can still face criminal charges and other lawsuits, ah. the Tour de France is ready to move on. Got it. Cool. Interesting. Wow. I will stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. We need a legal expert on this case to to break down. Yeah. Who do we know? What other of our friends who lives in vans could be our legal correspondent? Yeah. (laughs) Rory, do you know anything about the law? German law? Just uh, just, nothing. (laughs) Nothing about the law. Just Uh, parking laws. I know that I can park in Walmarts. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple other rapid fire Tour de France questions I have. One, why do they have the cars? Like, um, there's just cars and motorcycles just going down the street when the bikers go. So, the motorcycles are usually cameramen because I mean, the stage is going to be 180 miles long, and usually there's breakaways and people fall off the back. So, it's kind of like a massive coordination. Um, cars yeah. are for um, people to go get food and water. And also if there's a broken bike, somebody gets a flat, it's quicker to actually take the bike, a full bike off the top than to change a tire. Huh. Um, and then um, before the doping regulations, um, there were some allegations that people would go and get some kind of, you know, like a little huff no. and snuff to get them up the hill or, mm. you know, some kind of like blood bag in the back of the car, you know? And so, <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. it's not That's like that so anymore. <laughs> it's not the, yeah, but. Lance Armstrong yeah. was just injecting some blood mid race. Yeah. Awesome. Why like not? The they should bring that back. Yeah. Yeah. That's they badass. Should, honestly, if they the... just, if they televise that too, <laughs> I would tune in. Like, yeah, it's like part of the sport. <laughs> They have steroid sponsors. Use mm-hmm. promo code Voids yeah. to go get yeah. some twenty uh, percent off. <laughs> yeah, Winstrol. Yeah. yeah. Um. Second question. So the, at the end, they like circle around Paris a bunch of times, right? They like circle around. Yeah. Why don't they just have it end in Paris? Like, that seems like it's poor planning. Like, why doesn't it end when you get to Paris instead of like? lapping around Paris a bunch of times. It seems like they wanted to hit the 2200 mile mark and they couldn't quite get there. And then they're like, all right, <laughs> yeah, somebody we'll go down around Paris mouth. a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Some interns just in a lot of trouble. No, so yeah, they, they, um, totally they do up. it because yeah. they want to, they, <laughs> they have like a big, they make it a whole stadium um, and they want it to be kind of like a traditional cycling sprint finish. So there's track mm. cycling in like a velodrome. But so mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's great to watch just a group sprint at the end on the Champs-Élysées. Um, and so, yeah, but that's, that's why they do it. The Champs-Élysées. But it kind of seems like bad planning. Like yeah. Should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A butcher that, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Le Tour de France. La Tour. Uh, 
but another question <laughs> you mentioned that they eat <laughs> they have like food and drinks that they have while they're on the bike what do you know what they eat because i would i want to think that it's like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches glizzies. and pringles glizzies they gobble up some glizzies on like <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> just a nice dog um no they i think it's just like little nuts and things and like g fuel like gatorade shot blocks i have no idea it's mm. just something small that that mm. gives you a little boost I, i've heard that runners eat potato chips a lot yeah like ultra marathoners it's carb, they need yeah, it's carbs and salt yeah and it goes yeah. down easily mm. that seems like i would just get thirsty definitely, definitely. you know um all right well uh jamie do you have any more tour questions or do you want to move on to van life so yeah we could get on to the van life. as we've alluded to before uh, um your background currently uh your van which doubles as your home um yes you look like someone that does live in a van with your hair and mustache and shirt <laughs> um so we wanted to just you know first off just like start with the backstory how long you've been living in a van, what prompted the live, the move to the van life and, you know, just kind of general background. Um, so I've been living it for like four months. Um, I actually just got home yesterday. Um, and then I'm going to be doing some like local, local trips around, but, um, yeah, I went around all around the country, visited a bunch of people, saw JMO twice, which was awesome. Um, it's fucking crazy, dude. He was in Atlanta. And I mentioned that I was going to Colorado like two weeks later. And he's like, oh, I could do that. And I was like, what? <laughs> he like drove from Atlanta to Tennessee to South Carolina. Saw you in Montana mm-hmm. or something. That and was then, after Colorado. But oh, yeah. okay. Well, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> then you were just fucking there. I was like, this is unreal. How did you just, just teleporting? Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you can continue. No, it was just, yeah, I just thought it would be something awesome that I really, really wanted to do. I've always dreamed about it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I did a bunch of research and then decided to pull the trigger on a, on a pre-made van. Um, wanted to build one out myself, but I'm useless at everything that comes like with building a van, like planning and execution and plumbing and carpentry. (laughs) So I was like, I didn't want to just live in a, live in a box with, you know, and so I, uh, I did that, but yeah, I'm, uh, and then I'm, moving down to San Diego. I'm trying to, if I can't find a house, I'm just going to live in the van, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. If you, if you do find a house, what do you, what are your plans with the van, your van plan? What do you also, there? are you nervous to go back to a house? Are you like nervous? That, are you going to get like the opposite of seasick from being stationary and not driving a lot? Mm-hmm. Have you considered yeah. that? Land sick. Yeah. I yeah. genuinely, yeah, lack of motion. I uh, I came I came home yesterday and uh, slept in the van in the driveway because I you know <laughs> I just had separation anxiety. I just wanted the the comfort of my tiny little home on four wheels. Um, yeah, but uh, terrifying like running water bathrooms at flush. Mm-hmm. Scared. Yeah, yeah it's so gonna be you, it's gonna be a big transition. Thing. Have you decided what you're gonna do with it once you? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm financing it right now. I'm either gonna sell it. Or I might try and rent it, um, oh. um, which is kind of like a little Air, like a Airbnb thing. And that will help me pay for the car payments every month. Um, and so I can kind of use it for two out of every four weekends and you then could, rent it for the other two. 
you could even just rent it as an Airbnb. Like you don't even have to give them the, you know, they don't have to drive around anywhere. (laughs) Just give them the keys and they can sleep in it. I I've been dangerously close to doing that once when I was desperate for an Airbnb there's a guy just renting his like old party bus and he was like, yeah, you can sleep here. And I was like, you know, it's not a bad move. Awesome. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, another idea of what you could do with the van, donate it to meet sports alcohol. Mm. We'll just hold on to it for you. We'll completely rip off the busting with the boys podcast and yes. we nice. could just stay in your van and do Slap the podcast meet sports there. alcohol stickers on it. And we'll just yes. drive around. Boom. The crank tank. Yep. The crank tank. Oh, yeah. We could get them a sponsor. Logger tank of the week. Yes. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Loud and clear. So uh, what, like, (laughs) I know you've mentioned some of these stories before, but so like when you're in a bar or like you're just in a random place and you're talking to someone and you say that you live in a van, do people, how do people usually respond to that? There, it sort of goes one or two ways. It's just, you know, it's typically some like older dude who like looks like me and is just like nice rig. Like, you know, I, I live in Winnebago, you know, it's sick rig. And then, or some, you know, some like lady or person will be like, you live in a van? Like, do you need any food? Like I was in a bar in Houston with one of my friends and we were just drinking. We were talking about what we were doing. And I was like, yeah, I'm driving around the country in a van. I'm living in my van. And she's like, Oh, honey, like, you know, we've all been there, you know, like, do you want anything to eat? And I'm like, no, no, it's like totally fine. Like, you know, I love, like, I'm like, I'm, you know, having a great time. She's like, no, no, no. And so she bought a pizza for me and my friend and like made me eat like crazy amounts of like Chuck E. Cheese pizza slices because she was like worried about me. And it was like the kindest gesture that anyone, like anyone's <laughs> ever done for me. And I was just, I was trying to be like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> it was, it was overwhelming to say the least, but it's like definitely the, like, you know, one of two reactions, most of it being like sick rig, bro. Like, can I come inside and look at it? You know? Um, and then you gotta be like, no, yeah. Like, uh, that's but, my house. Uh, no, you're, exactly. not yeah, you're not invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's but, hard to uh, believe it's, that uh, it's definitely, definitely. Good. It's hard to believe that anybody would be surprised given your appearance right now i mean i wouldn't say that i necessarily guess that you live in a van but i can't imagine being too taken back with the whole van uh yeah experience yeah i'd be i'd be more surprised to learn that you're living in a house given your general appearance right now (laughs) than living in a van (laughs) uh for people i definitely definitely leaned into it too hard yeah 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 hey you got it you know Yeah. yeah um because you you wrote your thesis about it too people don't realize you're well people listening might not know you but uh for those that even do like you literally wrote your thesis on van life and now you're living it out i know part of your thesis was about like the true van life versus like the social media van life and the difference between people kind of like posing online doing it rather than people who legitimately want to live in a van does doing this podcast go directly against your thesis yeah no it's my thesis didn't it wasn't like a sort of value judgment on like which was a better or like more substantial lifestyle it was just kind of like a deep dive into like the social media like the hashtag van life and then Mm. people who just are van dwellers so i looked at like the history of van dwelling and then just sort of like it took two different 
forks when uh, when this hashtag was created in 2012. Um, and it sort of creates this like TikTok, you know, Instagram, create this sort of like faux persona where people market themselves and their van and their lifestyle and can make a lot of money doing it. But, you know, I think that's one thing I didn't realize how ridiculously inaccurate these TikTok influencer couples are. Like I spent 97% of my time in a Cracker Barrel or a Walmart parking lot, <laughs> just like trying to like, I had like, <laughs> I had like my van defense tools, which were like a little billy club that like Klaus gave me and a little like pocket knife. So it was like, somebody came up, I could go, eh. yeah, I don't know what I would do. I'd get, you know, like a, I'm five foot eight, a stiff wind would knock me over, you know? And so, but they, and then the, like the actual, like, you know, beautiful places, horseshoe bend kind of, you know, van drone footage, like Charles and I tried to take some of that and it just looked, looked ridiculous in a, you know, but it was um, definitely very, very, like very fun. I loved it. Um, I didn't want to post any social media. Like I wrote a blog for myself, um, you know, just to like talk about the experience. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible time, but 97% of it was like driving through Kansas. Kansas is most of the United States, which I didn't realize it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Kansas. It's 95% yeah. of the United States actually. Yeah. So yeah. that's the case you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Quick Did you, uh, California, Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> did you, uh, <laughs> did you eat a Cracker Barrel a lot or did you just park in Cracker Barrel? I've never actually been inside a Cracker Barrel. Ah, I slept really? there probably more like uh, basically a month's worth of time and never wow. went inside to get the biscuits and gravy. I was, I was always, say, you know, yeah. just on the road quick and early, but there's a good little community at that Cracker Barrel. Nice, nice mm. people. Good, you know, mm -hmm. good lights, motion operated and crackers, lights, you know, <laughs> crackers, lots of barrels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you notice? Cause I know you, so you say in a lot of Cracker Barrels, also a lot of Walmarts, right? It's like yeah. some of the top two. Um, did, did any states have particularly better or worse Walmarts and Cracker Barrels than other states or like regions of the country? That's tough. I mean, doing anything in California is impossible. Like they've really cracked down on um, houselessness um, in a lot of communities. Um, and so with that encompassing crackdown, they also crack down on people living in their cars, unfortunately. And so Walmart used to be just a unilateral, you can park there for three days max, wherever. But now it's actually, instead of a corp, there's like a corporate directive that said actual store managers can choose if they want to have overnight parking or not. So only about 25% of Walmarts or 50% of Walmarts actually allow overnight parking now. So it's becoming a lot harder. And that was something I discussed and I talked about my thesis with a lot of people. It's becoming really, really hard to find places to sleep. Um, I know in Atlanta, you know, I was going to park at your apartment and then the van's like nine feet tall and you're like, this is ridiculous. And so I, I just like parked in a residential neighborhood by a park. And, you know, Atlanta, some cities are really great about it. Like, you know, you can park for a night, no worries. Other places, you know, you'll get a knock at 4 a.m. and just being like, you got to get out of town. You know, you got to, and then at that point, you're like, I have no idea what to do, but there are a lot of apps you can, you know, fit, like people's like, it's a good community. They'll share their sort of like, oh, this Walmart's great. It's got fresh water. It's got a dump station, you know, or this one's bad. Some cops, you know, tried to, you know, like make me leave, but it's uh, definitely, some states are definitely better than others. Um, the South was, was the best probably for van life, I'd say. Wow. Let's go. Southern, hosp Southern hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend well, just yeah. parking in random parks in Atlanta, just for the record, worked out for you. 
I'd say across the board, though, for anyone listening, take take some precautions. Probably smart. Um, and before uh, before we finish <laughs> up, uh, thanks again for for taking the time to talk to us. We wanted to get uh, now that it's no it's been about two weeks now. You've had a little bit of time for the dust to settle. Uh, how are you feeling as an Englishman um, after the cup did not come home? I thought you'd ask about that. Um, yeah. I journaled about it. I painted, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I went outside and I sat in a lake and just sort of thought, um, you know, reflected, reflected on my heritage and yeah. our inability to bring it home. Um, I think football may never come home, which is, wow. you know, I, I guess dire straits. Um, but I'm not optimistic. It was the saddest thing ever. And I just, uh, football may come home at some point. But I got the saddest text from my dad, who's never seen football come home as a 55-year-old Englishman. And he was like, I, I, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Yeah, officially becoming an American citizen now. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, civic pride's at an all-time low. But we'll see if we can win, uh, clean up some medals in the Olympics and, uh, you know, get, get back up to snuff. Is there... And it was, uh, it was yes, certainly is this, tragic. Is this just a, a new reality that you're just going to try to come to grips with? Rather than it being a hope that just it's a, a fact that it's not coming it's some, home, I don't, that would save you some pain. Mm, I don't want to let myself believe, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's like, uh, it's a tragic story, mm-hmm. but I mean, I will, I'll, it's kind of like being an Arsenal fan, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's just a bigger, more heartbreaking version of that. Yeah. Um, and so we'll, uh, we'll see. It may come home at some point, but you know, I'm happy to stick with my with my Tour de France wins, you know, and uh, I'll uh, I'll keep on watching the cycling because at least cycling can come home. Mm-hmm. You say so you say all this and then in 2022, England's going to be in like the quarters and it's going to be the exact same thing over again. Like it's coming home. Like Everyone's going to oh, forget of course it's gonna, it's what gonna, happened uh, literally one year ago. And it's yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, that was so so sad. We went so mental when when Luke Shaw scored. I know, and then just yeah, yeah, because so Rory was in town, the passing through Montana on the day of the Euro Cup final. So we watched the the final, and it was um, a bit of a disappointment to say the least. Tragic. Yep, very tragic. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Welcome to being a sports fan. This whole time, you know, if there's one thing that you could say, it's at least you're a true fan because uh, that's the disappointment that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. You know, true. But yeah. Well, thank you for explaining to us Tour de France and uh, living in a van, as well as your heartbreak for yeah. uh, England not being able to bring it home. Uh, Appreciate the time, yeah. Rory. Thanks, y'all. We're now going to talk some uh, Cleveland Guardians name change. Uh, Dylan and I took some time to fix some of the other offensive names in sports uh, with what they could substitute their names to. But first, Dylan, what did you think of the, uh, of the name change for Cleveland? Um, well, okay. So overall, at first, I thought, wow, that's the laziest name change I've ever seen. They just changed an offensive name to something that's not offensive that also rhymes and it's like the same number of syllables. So like they probably have to change the least amount of things. Guardians versus Oh, you Indians. think they're it's saving like the, yeah, yeah, saving yeah. paint? 
well that the was amount of letters they have to switch yeah that was my that was my first reaction but then uh i you know twitter was all over it and i saw the tweets about how there's like um some statues in cleveland that are called like the four guardians and that's where it came from which Really? If that's how, if that's everything that it was, then good for them. You know, they're very clever. That's uh, and also very efficient in terms of their name change, only changing like three letters. I would love it if from here on out, all of the like, all of the name changes were like super, like minute details of a city. Like no one knows that. Yeah, I just googled like, four <laughs> guardians, and I don't see anything about it other yeah. than the four mythological mythological creatures among the chinese constellations it's so. literally it's it's literally just like a shitty rundown statue on the bridge over the cuyahoga river leading into cleveland <laughs> really yeah yeah That's so a, like if, my, if every team just named it after like shitty like statues that they had in yeah, their city the, then that'd be cool I'd, i'm down with that the atlanta marta everyone's like yeah named it after the train Really? Yeah, exactly. Like some exactly. random ass thing in the city. The Oakland, the Oakland Bart. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we could do yeah, that. Exactly. That's yeah. actually a pretty good idea. My only thing that I thought when uh, I saw the name change is you're at a pretty big disadvantage if you're like a shitty history with or a shitty city with like not much history or things going on. You know, because yeah. at least like if you're the Denver Nuggets, the San Francisco 49 or like you have some historical thing. Even the Knicks, like. Yeah, it's just some historical thing. If you're in Cleveland in 2021 trying to think of like something unique and different to your city, it's like I guess that's how you end up with Guardians or after the yeah. four Guardians. Although on if they wanted to go something that was like pretty near and dear to their hearts and like pretty uh integral to their city's history, they could have been the Cleveland deciders because of the decision in 2010 when LeBron left nice the cleveland deciders yeah i mean i feel like in terms of cleveland history that's got to be up there right can you think of any other cleveland historical facts other than lebron james leaving in 2010 oh my god no exactly i literally can't think of anything that's ever happened in cleveland that has to be top three historical events in the city of cleveland lebron james leaving yeah i was yeah. thinking another good one if cincinnati ever needs a new one, new name mm-hmm. you do like cincinnati skyline chili uh-huh. and then just random because yeah cleveland also could have done that um yeah yeah I, I can't name a single thing that's ever happened in cleveland no well there's not a lot that's happened in cincinnati either i feel like the old teams were like benefited with being able to just choose totally random like animals or teams that like in 1965 when they were naming the Cincinnati Bengals no one was just like well what does it mean there's no Bengal Tigers in Cincinnati they'd be like oh sweet we have a cool tiger logo for our new football team that's swell yeah nowadays it's like it needs to have a reason you know it needs to have like a like a very specific detail for like why they changed the name yeah it was like 60 people went to the games and 100 people listened on the radio and now there's 200 million people on twitter tweeting about it within the first 10 minutes yeah Yeah. a bit more of a critical audience i'd say yeah oh oh boy i sure do love these new cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) sure is a swell team uh so we took the liberty of going ahead and fixing some other team names Uh, As you may know, there's a bunch of teams that have offensive names, mostly against Native Americans. 
Um, it seems to be a pretty almost, enti- I think, entirely. Yeah. Every single one that yeah. we found. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we're specifically sticking up for the Native Americans here. Um, yeah. I, so feel like want- there's probably, I feel like there's probably more to unpack there that we're not equipped to handle as a show. You know? Like why they're all specifically offensive against Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's a we're bit not above equipped. Our pay grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's above the manscaped stipend pay grade in terms of deciphering uh-huh. <laughs> investigating <laughs> the issues there. We need some like political economists or something to break that one down. Oh, you know, I got just the guys. <laughs> we'll talk offline. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> So we uh, use Cleveland as inspiration here. We rename these teams names that are offensive with new team names that also rhyme just like the Guardians rhyme with Indians. Uh, Dylan, you got a first one? Okay, yeah. So uh, the Atlanta Braves become the Atlanta Raves because of the big party scene in Atlanta. You know, you could do some cross promotion with like Magic City and Onyx and stuff. Yeah, dude, you could also lot of really go potential. deep into the theme there. Just yeah. absolutely, like, just turn the game rave into nights. raves. Yeah. I that's feel like actually that's a pretty good idea. They kind of, I mean, if you're talking about fixing baseball, if you just gave baseball like house music and Molly, that would probably fix baseball. <laughs> It'd be pretty nice. It would be yeah. like the same thing as like the Golden Knights. That first year, everyone said they did well because everyone was just flying to Vegas and getting fucked up and being hungover for the games. Exactly. Tough to play in at the Atlanta Raves Stadium. Exactly. These guys are just coming down on Molly. Just, yeah. All right. Well, I got I, all mine suck ass. So I, I'm just going to go ahead. San Diego State University Aztecs. I'm just going to go ahead and fix that to the San Diego State Assets. That's can't it. really nice. can't really do as much from a marketing perspective with that one. Mm-hmm. We'll see when okay. So when you said it the first time, I misheard you. I thought you said the ass sits. Like no zits. These guys got oh okay. I thought yeah. you like got people sitting on their asses. Or no, asses sitting on them. Which is a little <laughs> That's bit more better. <laughs> yeah. <kinda> better. <laughs> what did I say? I said as sits. That's what I said. It just all blended together. Yeah, AirPods, it's hard to hear exactly. Uh, Next up on my list, uh, the Golden State Warriors become the Golden State Glory Holes. A bit of a stretch in terms of rhyme. Bit of a stretch. (laughs) Bit of a stretch. Uh, Also, don't want to, you know, got to tread lightly, but San Francisco, good place. All I'm saying is that if you're talking about theme nights, another very marketable theme night. Oh my God. The, that's very true. The Golden State Glory Hold Night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's Probably every night. <laughs> invite a different crowd into the games, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, another one solved. Uh this one sucks too. Instead of the University of Utah Utes, the University mm-hmm. of Utah Poops. And yep, for that seems one, it's a bit lazy. <laughs> it's a bit lazy. I, I read these 20 minutes ago. But uh, for that one, you could just use the poop emoji. You already got your logo. It's so oh, recognizable. Yeah. 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 And you could do like the, what is it, the uh, the me emoji or whatever, where they like sing and stuff. 
Oh yeah. You yeah, could put yeah. like the singing poop emoji, like singing the Utah <laughs> poops fight song. Dude, their popularity among like eight to thirteen year olds. Oh, it'd be off the be charts. Off the charts, yeah. The Jersey I, okay, I, I will say, sure, these ideas haven't been great, but they have uh they have exhibited new marketing potential, different uh different customer segments that they may have not been addressing before, whether it be you know, glory hole connoisseurs or eight-year-olds. Those are separate things. I just want to say that as well. <laughs> Those yeah, are separate right. demographics. <laughs> or people in need of acne cream for their ass. For their ass, yeah. Exactly. It's like, finally, somebody's talking about it. Wait, so Utah Ute, what is Ute? I, didn't th- I thought Utes was just Utah for short. Yeah, I honestly, I wasn't really sure either. It's another Native American thing, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Did you get that on offensiveteenames.com? Yeah, I actually looked it up. I looked it up. And it was great because the article that I read, damn, fights fights even, is Utah Utes offensive? All that comes up is their offensive line and offensive coordinator. It's their offensive is Utah Utes offensive it's coordinator offensive retiring? <laughs> uh, it ranked like the article I read was like it listed like a bunch of offensive team names in American sports, but like kind of ranked them by how offensive they were. Which okay. uh, power rankings, nice. Yeah, like a, a cool take on power rankings. I love a good power rankings. Yeah, yeah. All right, you got another one. I, I do. Those are my two best one assets of poops. So, uh, well, so this is my last but not least, uh, the Kansas City Queefs. Another good one. Yeah, really. I mean, if I, we're being honest, we're peeling the curtain back in here a little bit. I just thought of Kansas City Queefs, and I thought that was funny. So I was like, "Hey, JMO, you mind if we make a segment out of all of this? Take up twenty minutes of people's time?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. So I hope the payoff is worth it. It's worth it. I have a good yeah. marketing tactic for that one too. Uh-huh. You know how in Tampa Bay they shoot like the cannons? No, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do the same thing, but instead of a giant cannon sound, it's just the queef. Queef sound. <laughs> <laughs> and people are just covering their children's ears at the stadium. It's like, I can't. This can't be any less offensive than cheese. <laughs> How is this not worse? It's very similarly problematic. All right, and to finish us off, <laughs> to finish us off, um, my last one, Florida State buttholes. Mm. Doesn't okay. quite rhyme with Seminoles. But it's close but, enough. Uh, it's almost there. So they do the tomahawk chop. So instead of that, it could be the uh, badonkadonk punk. Yeah. We'll work on it. Yeah, we'll have to workshop that one a little bit. But there's opportunity there. Uh, I'm realizing that all three of mine right now were poops, assets, and buttholes. Very ass-oriented yeah. Uh, team list. I have one extra one. I couldn't think of anything for it, but I'm sure there's got to be a rhyme here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Chicago Blackhawks. 
was brainstorming for a while. Couldn't think of mm. one runs with it. Yeah. It's also uh definitely seems like it's an offensive name and ready for a change. I think that was number one on the yeah. uh, power rankings. Also, the person yeah, that wrote the article names. was like, sorry, Obama, but Chicago Blackhawks, number one. I'm like, he didn't name them. I don't, He's from I don't, Chicago. Think, He's not, I don't think he cares. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about? Obama's yeah. just reading it like, God damn it. It's not offensive. <laughs> I think the Braves are way more offensive than that. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good list. Um, well, hopefully uh, one of these gets adopted eventually. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> this is Two the Braves. years from now, we're like, I can't believe they're actually Kansas City Queefs. <laughs> fucking called it, dude. All right. All right and well, on uh, next episode, we're going to solve world hunger. And that was our show. Tune in next week when we actually don't have to lie about the guests that we're getting. We're getting an insane guest, someone that I am shocked that we got on. Marin Fader, uh, writer for The Ringer and uh, writer of the newly released or soon to be released uh, Giannis biography, which is going to be an absolute hit uh, given, you know, everything that happened with the Bucks. She was mentioned during the NBA finals. Uh, unbelievably so for this interview. This is going to be crazy. Yeah. The only thing more surprising than how good the book is, is that how much we've read it already. Cause it takes yeah. a lot, it takes a lot for me to We're read reading. Book. And this one is really fucking good and she's incredibly legit. Uh, yeah. So I cannot be more psyched. Sorry, Rory. Yeah. Bit of a step up. I mean, next yeah. Week. <laughs> We got a we got a pre-release of a major publication that we're reading. That we're reading. We're reading the <laughs> yeah. book and everything. So get hyped. We're putting in the work out here mm-hmm. reading the book. Um, follow us on social media at me sports L on TikTok. Dude, our last TikToks, low key high key going off. The well, one about no. you not wanting to get a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen that clip it's on tiktok at me sports out and we'll talk to you guys next week all right fam peace peace and love today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do i don't believe that anybody feels the way i do about you now Because maybe Because maybe